Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the Rundown, the Monday edition here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app, my name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me here this afternoon. Why don't we get down to it? Big weekend of basketball in the ACC. Kind of our ACC correspondent from Tar Heel Illustrated, Andrew Jones, joins us as uh, we break down the ACC and the season that has been for the Clemson Tigers and what's going on with uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels. So an interview I conducted earlier with Andrew Jones. Check that out for you right now here on The Rundown. Let's welcome into the program from Tar Heel Illustrated, friend of the program, Andrew Jones. Andrew, thanks for taking some time out for us today here on The Rundown. It's always uh, good to be on. I always appreciate the invitation. All right. So, you know, basketball season in North Carolina, there's always just an expected level of excellence when it comes to the Tar Heel program. Uh, this season, though, I, they're 3-13 and in conference play, and I'm sure up there, uh, in, up there on Tobacco Road, everybody's kind of got their own opinion about what the deal is with North Carolina. But uh, from your perspective, following the Tar Heels for as long as you have, did you think this was going to happen at any point uh, in the beginning of the season? No, but I, I, I remember talking to you a couple of times. I remember talking to you actually in an ACC media day, I believe. And, right. uh, and then we talked a couple of days before Clemson won in Chapel Hill. And I told you that, that this was the least talented talent team I had ever seen in person, ever covered. And I did cover... 22 of the 28 games in 2002 and they went 8-20 and, and I thought that team and I, and I actually said to a lot of other people in the media in early November that that team was more talented than this team so when you begin the season with this being the least talented UNC team and to put in perspective and the, uh, they had two, two McDowell's on there because I'm calling it the Armando Baycott Anthony's missed almost half the season with injuries Baycott he has been banged up a lot and he's just he's kind of young and he's kind of immature and sort of growing into learning how to be a college athlete, that kind of thing. The next highest rated guy on the roster based on their senior high school rankings is Anthony Harris, who is number 73, and he's played in five games. So then you go to guys in the 80s, like Leaky Black was number 83. So this is not a very gifted team, as Roy Williams said. And then you throw on top of it the fact that they have been rounded with injuries. They, they have averaged missing three of what Roy expected to be his top seven of his rotation in all games. Even Saturday, uh, this Saturday, I'm up in Louisville. I got to the press room, and I joke with their media relations guy that, you know what, I don't have a health status question for you today for the first time this season. And he laughed. A half hour later, he came up to me and told me Garrison Brooks isn't playing because he's sick, and Justin Pierce isn't playing because of a sprained ankle. It's been that kind of year. And then you throw in the fact that these kids have lost a lot of confidence. I told you that Clemson was going to go up there and win, and the way Carolina lost that game, I think, sunk this team's confidence. I don't, even though they fought hard and they've been competitive and they've lost six games in the last possession of the game, going back to that Clemson game, I just don't think they have the confidence to win right now. And to be perfectly honest with you, I walked out of the locker room in Louisville, and my impression was the season can't end soon enough for these kids. Now, you mentioned that, but it, it comes back to recruiting. When did when did uh, North Carolina lose the edge? Because in my mind, I always think North Carolina is going to get five-star guys. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, there are a couple of factors. The first one is the NCAA investigation, that the cloud that hung over the program, decimated recruiting. Roy Williams used to have no trouble getting you know, top 25 kids to, to, to come to campus for a visit. But during a three-year stretch, he got two to just visit. So 
you're getting them. Think about the current junior class. Garrison Brooks was rated number 123 coming out of high school. Andrew Playtech was not rated at all. Uh, you, you've got guys like Brandon Robinson's a senior. He was number 86. Leaky Black was 83. They have two grad transfers playing a lot of minutes for them right now, one from Charleston Southern, one from William & Mary, and neither one of them were anywhere close to being ranked in the top 150. So they, they couldn't get kids to visit because the stuff that was being, uh, the narrative on the recruiting trail, other schools were, were sending was that they were going to get clobbered by the NCAA, you don't want to go there, and all that kind of stuff. Carolina kept telling no, that's not going to happen because because they knew it wasn't because it's a different problem for a different day. But but anyway, people who understood the rules of violation, understood what what was in the NCAA report, understood the NCAA bylaws, knew that that wasn't going to happen. But it didn't stop the recruiting against them, and it just decimated uh, recruiting. Well, you just couldn't get guys to visit. So in the last couple of years, since that's all been cleared up. Order has been restored in that front. They have the number three class in the country coming in next year that may get may get higher because I think they're going to bring in a sixth kid as well. So recruiting has been a big part of it. They've also, some of the better kids they did bring in hasn't worked out. Some of the woods didn't materialize. He's transferred now. So we're sitting out of here in South Carolina. Jimmy Felton, who's also from that area, had some incidents when he was a freshman and ended up being um, uh, kicked off uh, the, uh, the program. And so you had it, they didn't expect Kobe White last year to blow up and go one and done as he did. Imagine if you had Kobe White and Cole Anthony in the backcourt right now. So there were some other factors as well. Uh, but I would say the NCAA issue is the primary one, no doubt. Moving along here, and another team that, that has had an interesting season is, is the Clemson basketball team. And of course, if you told me at the beginning of the season, hey, this Clemson team will win at North Carolina, they'll win at, uh, win with NC State, they'll also get a win over Duke, I'm thinking, okay, if they can do that and have the talent to do that, then Brad Brownell's got a tournament team, but they're nowhere near the bubble right now at 14-12 uh, and 12 and 8-8 eight and eight in conference play. Well, add the win over Louisville to that mix, too. Exactly, uh, yeah. You know, and they... <laughs> I watched him play earlier this year when he played Colorado out in, out west, and I thought, you know, if they can get some consistent support for Sims, this could be a pretty good team. I, I thought that there was the potential that they could be a tournament team, and um, and if they play defense the way that Brad wants them to play defense, you get in a tournament, and you got a guy like Sims that you can throw the ball to, and he can score for you when you need a bucket, that they would have a chance to maybe win a game or two in the tournament. There are times I watch them play, and I, I scratch my head, and I, I just this is just a bad basketball team. And then there are times I watch them play, and I say, okay, this is what I thought they could be. Um, the ACC is just kind of like that across the board. With the exception of Wake Forest in North Carolina, everybody looks pretty good sometimes. And, and Clemson's one of those teams. They just happen to look good against the better teams in the league for the most part. Then they have head-scratching losses, which doesn't make any sense. So I guess the middle-of-the-road ACC team and a down year for the ACC, um, they're at 14 and 12 now. I guess there's a, a chance the Tigers could get into the NIT. They would have to pretty much win out to get to the NCAA tournament, I would think. And I guess the bigger question is, you know, is it enough for Brad to keep his job? Uh, you know that I've, I've known Brad since he was at UNC Wilmington when I used to work for the Wilmington Star, Star News. I'm a huge Brad Brownell guy. But it's his 10th year of the program, so you, you've got to wonder what, you know, how Clemson's going to evaluate things based on uh, the, this year, the last couple of years, this week's extended a couple of years ago, and then a team that's done what you said this year's team has done, or do they look at the whole body work for 10 years? It's going to be an interesting decision that they have to make if they feel that they do have to make a decision. I would think they need to at least evaluate it. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that, but I think that it depends on how they finish the season. Because yeah. you've gotten the taste no doubt, of no a victory that, hey, you know what, you can beat a Louisville team, you can beat a Duke team. Uh, I, it's just when they have other games on the schedule, like I think they've got Georgia Tech twice. You know, if they yeah. if they drop both of those games, it kind of takes away from it a little bit. But it's almost like a to be continued type thing with uh, this Clemson team this season. But uh, a couple more questions but, but, here. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Isn't that the case? Isn't that the case almost every year with Clemson? I, I agree with you. And like. 
I, I, and I, and I have a, a lot of respect for Coach Brownell, but I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I don't think that you can consistently build a consistent program with transfers, which is what he does. And I understand yeah. that it's tough to recruit at Clemson, but in my mind, you never know what you're going to get coming into the season. You never know what you're going to have. Yeah, I, I think. I, I think you can recruit there. I think you just, if you can attract enough dudes to think it's a cool school to go to to be successful in football, you can do it in basketball too. And I think Clemson's basketball culture is better than a lot of people realize. I've been in Little John a lot of times. I know what you know in Jacob Carolina State because I've covered them both for so long. Uh, exclusively UNC now. And it's going to be a better atmosphere when those teams are there. Right. But, I, I was down there once when NC State was in town when I was when I was at Fox and, and it was a good atmosphere. And I and I think the interest level is there that if you have a, a competitive program that has a chance to make some noise, that the people are gonna show up and it's gonna be a great I mean back in the eighties when they were really good uh, under under um uh, Cliff Ellis and even the some of the late Bill Foster teams and then during the run that Barnes had, that place has been a phenomenal environment. Clemson can win. Look at what Baylor's doing. Clemson's history is far better than what Baylor's was when when Drew took over ten or twelve years ago. Right. So if Baylor can do it, Clemson can do it, and, and they're in an area and in a conference where it might be a little easier once you get the ball rolling to start attracting multiple kids in the class instead of just one good kid and try to build around him. And I think that's where Brian's kind of struggled, and he's had to go to the junior college as a transfer round. Excuse me, and uh, that's not a good sign, but. He's able to play. I mean, he gets kids in from all over the place, and and they, they tend to play their better basketball in February under him. So if he could just bring the kids in as freshmen and go from there, I think you'll see Clemson get off to better starts and maybe win a few of the games that, that they consistently lose. And the difference between 22 and 18 wins usually means an NCAA tournament bid. I, I agree with you on that front, but uh, he's got the – um, he's got the young man that's coming from Dorman, which is the number one player in the state, yeah. and we'll and that's yeah. something that Clemson hasn't really gotten a lot of in the past. He's like the number I don't know twenty four power forward in the country. We'll see how that works out for Coach Brownell if um, if he gets to come back next season. I, I, I honestly don't know where they're going to go. To be completely honest yeah. with you, but uh, looking at the ACC, it's a good job. Go it's a good job. Yeah, you think so? It's a good. I think it's a good job. It's a wonderful facility. Um, it's a great place. I mean, if anybody's ever been to Clemson, that to me is, is the consummate college town. And 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 I, the area's grown. It's not what it was 30 years ago. I, I think it's a really good job. I think it's a very underrated job. There are a lot of jobs in power conferences that people might lump Clemson into that I think Clemson is actually a better job than a lot of those. Wow. Look, Penn State's winning. That's, that's not a very good basketball job there. Uh, Clemson's a much better basketball job than that. Rutgers is winning. It's a much better job than that. I think it's a better job than Baylor. Just because Baylor's number one right now doesn't make it a better job. Baylor was a crap job when, when Drew took that job. Clemson has won. It's flared up under different coaches in the ACC, having to deal with the monsters in the ACC enough times that if you get the right guy in there and he can become consistent and he, and he lays some anchors down, that Clemson can be successful in basketball on a consistent basis. And Brad's kind of been just a level below that. If he would have gotten that one extra dude every other year in recruiting, maybe he would be at that 20, 22, 23 NCAA tournament first, second round level on an annual basis. I think he's a good enough coach. It's just bringing in the guys has been the issue. I agree on that uh, on that front too, but uh, it, once again, to be continued. That's what I think about with the Clemson yeah. basketball team. As I look at the ACC schedule, though, there's a, a team that's always consistently up there near the top, and that's Florida State. Why is it that um, I, I have a, a set group of people that that I follow on social media, and they, it's just they're not really into what Leonard Hamilton does, but all the guy do does is win down there. Well, you know. Uh, I, a lot of people in the media here were very critical of Tony Bennett and saying, hey, he's never going to win the title. You can't win a title playing that way. And I kept saying, yeah, you can. And he's going to win one because he's that good. Leonard Hamilton is good, is good enough to, to lead a team to a Final Four. He's been close the last few years. If you look at what just talking about consistency with Clemson, who thought when Leonard Hamilton took the Florida State job that Florida State could have the kind of consistency? 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. See, they've had the ACC in Hamilton. It can be done. And it's being done at Florida State. I was down there a few weeks ago, and they're putting a lot of money into basketball. You can see what the emphasis is there. Uh, it's not a great basketball culture, but it is a basketball culture where it once was not. And Hamilton is the reason for that because he's been able to bring kids in. He recruits really well. The thing that he does that kind of, I think, people that generate some criticism, and I'm not saying that the criticism is completely wrong, is that he plays so many guys that there are times where they don't have that defined go-to guy when they need a bucket, especially in March. And, and when they lose the NCAA tournament, it's because their offense goes completely south. And their defense rarely ever does. They defend, they rebound, they're smart teams, but they, they sometimes don't have that defined go-to guy. I think they have a little more of that now than they've had in the past, which is why I think this team can get to Atlanta. Plus, you look at the win that they had this weekend going and playing NC State, which desperately needed a win coming off a blowout win over Duke. And FSU was down at the half. They go in there and they, they take control of the second half. And they win that game. That's the sign of a team that can march through and get to a Final Four in March. And I think that he's got perhaps maybe maybe his second best team as far as being able to do that. I thought the 2012 team was his best team. They won the ACC tournament. Uh, they just got a little satisfied when they won that tournament and they weren't really ready the next week for the NCAA. So, but I love what he's done there. He's found a way to win and he's and he's been consistent. I think they're what, the fourth winningest program in the ACC in the last 15 years, which says a lot because he's up there with three other programs that have won national titles. So, I would think that Leonard's going to break through. I think he's 70 now, so I guess time isn't 100% on his side, but these days guys are coaching forever, so who knows. But I think this is more entertaining to watch than usual as well, and, and I would I think it'd be really cool if they got to the Final Four. He's worthy of having that on his resume when his time is done as a coach, and it would be pretty cool if he got there. Uh, final question for, for you, Andrew Jones from Tar Heel Illustrated. You know, every year, once another team that's consistently near the top is the Duke Blue Devils. When Why is it that when I watch this Duke team that I'm just not overly impressed? And I know that they're 23-4, and four and maybe I'm just spoiled into what Duke normally brings, but they have a couple of embarrassing losses this year that just don't make any sense. Well, it's because they don't have anybody that that you know, you, you watch here, you just in all of. You know, I think last year's team, which didn't even get to the final four, the, it wasn't just Zion, but it, but it was RG. It was the whole. I mean, that, that whole group. They were so talented. They were so fun. Um, their, their their ceiling was so high that we saw them differently than we see this year. This team, this team's a little bit more workmanlike. Trey Jones has a, a Joe Barry-esque kind of way to him, the way he manages things, and how he, he shows toughness at the point. Um, they, they don't blitz you from the wing that well. Kelly's really, really good, but he, he disappears at times. So they're not dynamic like they've been, even with all the Valley uh, freshmen they have. They have one for sure that's going to be one and done, and, and carry and maybe Cassius Stanley will go. He's playing well enough now that, that what we're hearing from media types up here is that uh, he may well go pro, but the other ones won't. Wendell Moore's not going to go. Matthew Hurt's not going to go. And they've got uh, all of the guys that play. I mean, nobody knew Jordan Goldwire was when he came out of high school, but he's playing valuable minutes for them now. There are games where Jack White plays a lot of minutes, and, and nobody knew who the heck he was when he came out of high school. So 
it's a little different composition than what we're used to. And they're having to win playing defense. They're having to win sharing the ball a little bit more. They don't have the breaking down off the dribble, dunking traffic, screen guys that generate highlights like we've seen in the past. And as a result, if they have a little slippage, Suddenly, Stephen F. Austin happens, NC State happens, Clemson happens, and, and that's the concern if you're a Duke fan going into March is that they need to play really well for the second round on or they could get beat. Last year, the team kind of screwed around with Central Florida and survived, screwed around Virginia Tech and survived, and then they were unable to survive once they got to the Elite Eight doing that. So it's a different composition, and, and because of that, less room for error. Andrew Jones from Tar Heel Illustrated joining us today to talk a little ACC. Andrew, man, thanks for joining us today here on The Rundown. Always happy to talk to you, my friend. Andrew Jones, thanks a lot for joining us here on the show. Uh, interesting stuff there about the Clemson basketball team, and are they going to be in transition? He, he mentions that. Now, of course, on the inside here, you know, I don't think that anybody really thinks that Brad Brownell is going to lose his job. I do think that what he said makes sense, though. Maybe it should be up for evaluation. You never, it's just, the Clemson basketball team has been just an up and down all season. And you don't really know what you're going to get. Would anybody be surprised if they they, they play Georgia Tech twice? Um, And I think they've got, I think they've got Georgia Tech, and I can't remember the rest of their schedule. I'll look it up here in a moment. But I know they have Georgia Tech twice, Okay. One of the lesser teams in the ACC that's probably not going to even be able to play in the ACC tournament unless unless uh, if the NCAA comes back with their ruling on um, their uh, their probation and their uh, their one year playoff ban, but or postseason ban, excuse me. So they really don't have anything to play for. You would think that on paper, Clemson should, especially the way they've been walloping teams right now that they could go in and do some good stuff against uh, Wake Forest. Yeah, well, would you be, excuse me, against Georgia Tech? Would anybody be shocked if they lost both of those games but then beat Florida State? I wouldn't. I certainly would not. And consistency. That's the word that we have to have with Brad Brownell. And right now we don't have that. More of the rundown in just a moment. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. In case you missed it, the Clemson basketball or baseball team has broken into the collegiate baseball rankings. They are sitting at number 26. They rate the teams up to 30 there. Clemson baseball team, of course, off to a, a what, 7-0 start? Um, you know, the best way you can start a season, man. That's kind of the way that... Things are uh, going there for the Clemson team. We'll get into more Clemson stuff here in a moment with Monty Lee quotes, but I've got some comments here from Coach Frank Martin from uh, this afternoon with uh, his press conference, and he talked a little bit about uh, losing that game to LSU and how it may not be as bad as some Gamecock fans think. If you don't have quality wins at this time of year, then yes, that loss would have been a detriment to our possibilities. Is that a better answer? Because you asked me a good question. I just emotionally wasn't prepared to give you an intelligent answer. Um, we've got enough quality wins. We just need to win games. That's that's what we you know. It's it's uh, uh, we're not in a place like the last two years. We haven't had quality non-conference wins. So you get an opportunity against a. Uh, a top 20 team, top 25 team like LSU, you have to go win that at this time of year. This year, we've got those kind of wins already. we got enough of them. We've, uh, uh, what we can't afford, which is the one intelligent thing I did say, what we can't afford at this time of year is a losing streak. That, that we got to negate that. But I'm glad you're here because I, I, uh, I felt I gave you a, an ignorant, not an ignorant, just – not a clear answer as to why I'm not worried um, because we've got enough. We just we, we just got to keep because we do have a couple losses that you're like, eh. we can't afford to have a, 
uh, a losing streak right now. It's hard to overcome that. But as far as we got enough quality wins, road wins, who we've beaten, where we've beaten, we just got to get pile up more wins here coming down the stretch. Kind of a meandering train of thought here, Frank, but you just played Georgia very recently. This late in the year, do you see teams change styles when you're about to play them a second time in so close a period, or do you pretty much say, that's what we're going to get again, and, and you can prepare for the game plan that way? Yeah, uh, we're all kind of pretty much who we are right now, uh, and I don't think anyone's going to deviate a lot. Um, I, I've seen one minor... Uh, adjustment by Georgia from the last time we played to now, and maybe it's just my eyes. I, I, um, um, I thought the first time we played, we were able to minimize how much uh, Edwards had the ball in his hands, so he didn't have it in his hands a lot. Uh, and uh, as I've been trying to prepare for them yesterday, I didn't prepare for anything Saturday night other than get out of my feelings. Um, as I tried to prepare for them yesterday and all morning today, I think the one, maybe I don't know if it's an adjustment or my eyes are just, I'm so concerned with him, my eyes are telling me something they didn't tell me the first time around. Um, the ball's ending up in his hands sooner in the possession. So um, so we, we, we got to be prepared. He, he, he's, he's a real good player. Uh, I don't know the young man, but I know a lot of people that are, known him his whole life uh, and everyone raves about um, the competitor that he is who he is as a human being uh, so of all the things I'm being told connect uh, we're going to get like a big time shot from him on Wednesday we, we've got to be prepared uh, to, to absorb a very very aggressive very good player um, and, and figure out a way to neutralize that best we can on that train of thought of wanting to obviously pile up wins this, these next two weeks, how much of a benefit is it that three of those four opponents are guys that you have faced before? Uh, it's the same benefit as it is for the opponent. And it's, it's uh, um, obviously uh, two of them, we get to play them at home. So if there's a benefit is that you get the home game the second time around. Uh, you'd much rather play at home than on the road. Um, um, it's uh, um, it, the games all matchups, you know. And there's there's certain teams match up better with certain teams. Certain teams match up better with others. Uh, with us right now, it's just uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but there's certain matchups that become very difficult when you're down Justin Minaya and down Jalen McCrary. Jalen's full go, so he'll put in two real good days of practice now unlike the LSU game where he just got cleared two hours before the game. Coach Frank Martin at his press conference this afternoon. As the Gamecocks, it was like the writing was on the wall here. If they could win these two games with Mississippi State and LSU, we're talking about South Carolina as a team that I think those two wins take them off the bubble and put them in the tournament. That's probably where they would be projected to be. But you drop those two games, and the reality is it comes back to at the beginning of the season, you had losses to Boston and Stetson. Those two losses there kind of tank your season from here on out because you have to win, more, win these games on the road in the SEC, which is hard. It's hard to win on the road in the SEC. Simple as that. South Carolina drops to number 63 in the net rankings. You need to be in the 50s if you want to uh, be on the, on the positive side of the bubble there. The interesting thing, though, is South Carolina didn't really drop that far. If they can hold serve with Georgia this weekend and win the rest of their games and then win some games in the, NCAA, the SEC tournament, maybe there's a chance for them to still make it. But I think that this is a Gamecock team that's most likely – going to be a NIT team. And that's good for the young guys that are on the team because they'll get an opportunity to play in the postseason, give them some extra basketball, and give a kind of give a guys like Mike Kotsar a good uh, a good chance to maybe shine again on his way out. 
We got some comments from Coach Monty Lee coming up in just a moment after the Clemson uh, won their series over Stony Brook. We'll have some of that. And we will get you some comments on uh, from Coach Kingston. Gamecocks not so lucky as they lose to Northwestern. More of the rundown in just a moment. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Appreciate you checking us out here this afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Of course, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate the folks that download the podcast. It's like DVR on the radio, man. I keep telling you that, but it's real. You can listen whenever you want. Just check out the podcast. It's up every day about 5 o'clock. Uh, make sure you go back and listen to the interview I did with uh, Andrew Jones from Tar Heel Illustrated. Talking about uh, Brad Brownell. Is this going to be kind of an evaluation at the end of the season? And he kind of said the same thing I've said about Coach Brownell. Maybe we should look at this from a different perspective. Every year you don't know what you're getting with the Clemson basketball team because... A lot of it depends on transfers. In fact, I venture to say that at the beginning of the season, if they had Nick Honor, the young man that transferred in from Fordham, running the point instead of Alamir Dawes, the freshman, I think that they win a couple more games. Yeah, I think they win the Yale game. I think they beat Virginia Tech. If they have those two losses back, they're sitting at 16 and 10, and the Tigers are on the right side of the bubble. Yep, that's how, that's how interesting it is, because let's be honest, at the beginning of the season, they win the Miami game too, by the way. That was a disaster. At the beginning of the season, not very many people pay attention to college basketball because you've got bowl games and the holidays and everything else. You don't really get tuned in, unless you're a hoops head like I am, until like January. First of January, you can kind of see what you got. By the 1st of January, Clemson was didn't have any, uh, a win in uh, or, or didn't have a win in conference play yet. I think with Nick Honor, they do. But you don't have the consistency every season of knowing what you have to build on. And that's something Brad Brownell's got to improve on. Now, I know the Brad Brownell folks will tell you, but Rob, you, I mean, they won at North Carolina. They beat Duke. They beat Louisville. What's wrong with you? Just telling you what I see, man. You got, what, two two, uh, two NCAA tournament appearances, one of them with Oliver Purnell's players? Yeah. God, I think it's got to be a little more than that. Let's head out to the phones. And good afternoon. Welcome to the rundown. Hello. All right, we'll have to wait on our calls for just a second. Let's get uh, some comments here from Coach Monty Lee yesterday. Uh, this is from the Clemson Tigers website as the Tigers wrapped up a series with uh, Stony Brook winning the three-game set. Well, I appreciate uh, you know, the fan support today on Sunday. Uh, sometimes it's tough with a, with a game time change. I had to accommodate Stony Brook uh, with their travel plans. Played at 12 o'clock. Uh, had a big group from Central Spirit here today, and they were loud and in the ballpark, and that certainly helped. Uh, certainly helped us there with some free 90s uh, in the eighth inning, uh, which, uh, you know, obviously led uh, to the win. Uh, you know, continue to, to, to struggle some offensively, but we've got to keep pressing on, keep fighting through it. Guys are staying positive in the dugout, uh, but our pitching staff, again, uh, did an outstanding job. 
Spencer threw the ball well. Clark was really good behind him. Uh, young Carson did a great job there at the end of the ball game. So, uh, you know, overall, got another sweep. Um, and looking forward to a big week ahead of us. Uh, man, had a big defensive play there at the end of the game, put Magic in uh, as a defensive replacement uh, for Kier, moved about six guys around uh, just to try to get what we felt like was the best defense on the field. And it's great to see Magic be able to make a nice play there at the end of the ball game. Coach, uh, yeah, um, you know, I mean, I feel good. It's, it's uh, like I said last week, it's kind of just a matter of making sure I'm on my routine and uh, take care of my body <coughs> between starts. You know, I'm, I'm not going to feel 100% all the time. It's just how this this is. And Matt can tell you the same thing. He's been through it. Um, you just got to compete with what you have. Um, and then, yeah, our staff is, is doing well right now. But the pendulum's going to swing, and there's going to be times when they got to pick us up. So um, we're just going to keep going out. At the end of the day, we just got to score more runs than they do. That's all that matters. Doesn't matter if it's one nothing or twenty nothing. The wins a win. That's all we want. So. What about you guys? Uh, what's what's it like to know you're part of history here, considering the rich tradition of pitchers that Clemson has had in the past? Uh, yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. You know, we know our staff. We've been, we've been doing pretty well so far, and hopefully we can keep it going forward. Because um, you know, Clemson baseball is a great history of pitching and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you know, we're just gonna take it game by game and try to keep doing what we're doing. Clemson coach Monty Lee, couple of pitchers there, Spencer Strider and, of course, Clark, who came in and uh, filled in for him yesterday after or relief of him as they're trying to build Strider's pitch count up, I believe. If you want to call and talk about the Clemson baseball team, we'll take calls on that as well. Um, I think I got my phones figured out, so uh, I think we had callers that wanted to talk about the Clemson basketball team. And what, what I said earlier... You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, it makes sense when you really stop and think about it. And, of course, we'll take your response at 803-978-1832. You're going to have the people that are going to tell me he won at North Carolina this year. Uh, Probably, according to the guy that covers the beat for them, the worst North Carolina team he's ever seen. So, yeah, they did win there. Then the the wins over Duke and Louisville are are impressive. Got to give him that. So, but on the other hand, you've got losses to Yale and to Wake Forest, who's going to finish near the bottom of the conference. Went to Wake Forest and lost that game. I think Wake Forest has like two conference wins on the season. Clemson's 14-12 and 12 right now. They shot 70, what was it, like 70% from the floor the other night against Boston College. Maybe they're just finally figuring it out. Maybe they're a team that's going to uh, set the world on fire here. You look at the rest of their schedule, I know they've got Georgia Tech twice, but uh, they also have a game with Florida State, which that's not going to be easy. And then you've got, I can't remember, the. I'm checking the games right now so that I'm not completely out of my gourd here. Yeah, so they got Georgia Tech twice, Boston College, excuse me, Georgia Tech twice, Florida State once, that game's at home. And they're on the road at Virginia Tech, a team they barely lost to at home to begin the season. I think that just from my perspective, the Georgia Tech games are wins. The Virginia Tech game should be a win. That's a, a, you know, Virginia Tech is not a world-beating team this year. That Florida State game is going to be tough, but if Clemson wants to maneuver their way, into the NCAA tournament. I mean, they got to obviously win out. That would put them at 18 and 12, 12 and 8 in the ACC. That is squarely on the bubble heading into that matchup uh, in the up in Greensboro, which could be interesting too. Where will the Tigers end up um, with uh, the ACC standings right now? I think I'm, I'm making sure I've got them right. I had them written down a minute ago. But the ACC standings, as of right now, Clemson is, according to this, as uh, we move along here on the rundown this afternoon, is my, there we go. Clemson currently is first, second, third, fourth, fifth in the conference. They're at 8-8 eight and eight overall. They need Virginia to go into the tank if they want to finish as one of the top four seeds. But right behind them, though, You've got NC State, Notre Dame, Syracuse, all at 8-8. Georgia Tech's at 7-9. 
So you got a bunch of teams that have kind of a similar record there. But obviously, if you, uh, you're you like in the quarterfinals, you advance to like Thursday's games, I believe it is, up in Greensboro. You don't have to play two games to get into those games. So, yeah, that's a big thing, too. But uh, they need Virginia to kind of fall off the rails here. But the, the Cavs have won four straight. Let's take a quick call here. And good afternoon. Welcome to the rundown. Hey, Rob, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? Have you ever seen the ACC down like this in men's basketball? Uh, Define down, my friend. You've got uh, three teams that are going to be top three seeds. Uh, I mean, that's pretty good to me, in my opinion. Uh, I'm talking about when the seedings come out. Will anybody have a number one seed, you think? Uh, If you were giving me a – and you told me, Rob, you can fill out your bracket – uh, yeah. And it could go, and you can have a number one seed. I think Florida State at twenty three and four is one of the top four teams in the country. I think that Leonard Hamilton is a guy that he's getting up there in age right now, and he's one of those guys that's due. I mean, and I know that just because you're due doesn't mean that you have to win. But I think this is by far one of his most talented teams at Florida State, and the way that they play, they pressure the heck out of you. And as long as their offense holds up, they're going to be fine. But I would give LA, I would give uh, excuse me Florida State a number one seed. You can make an argument that Duke gets a number one seed. Louisville's probably a two seed, in my opinion. But after that, it kind of steeps off a little bit. I think Virginia is going to make the tournament, but then it goes downhill from there. I mean, you may you could in theory only get four teams into the AC into the NCAA tournament, but I think the four teams you get in will be there when the Sweet 16 comes down. You know, Florida State is so big and long and lanky. That's what really helps them. But the ACC usually gets about seven, eight teams in. That's what I'm thinking is down. It's Maybe. Look at North Carolina. Right. Well, that that's the big thing with North Carolina. I mean, they're, they are, what, 3-13 and 13 in conference play? They, right. may not, they may not win another game this season. When you yeah. watch, I watched them play Louisville the other day, and they look like – they were just a dumpster fire and just ready for the season to be over with. So, yeah, I, I see you on that point, but maybe the depth's not there, but the quality of the teams at the top, I think the four that are pretty much guaranteed to make it, I think yeah. that those four teams will be in the Sweet 16, and I think Florida State's going to the Final Four. Well, I'm hoping so because they usually, you know, I take my bracket every year and they usually disappoint me somewhere down the road. Now, back to Clemson. Yep. Brad Burnell. Mm-hmm. Beat uh, North Carolina first time in 59 years. Okay, he first time, I think, since the 80s. He's beaten every school in the state of North Carolina. No other coach has done that since, I think, the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But he also lost to Wake Forest. And like you said, these little small colleges. Well, you like, lo- lost like, to Yale. Fire. You lost to Yale. Yeah. You, you lost to Miami, and Miami's not a good basketball team this year. Lost to Virginia Tech. They're not a good basketball team this year. And it's like there are too many losses on that schedule that that he has to explain. But I think even if you look past all that, let's just take a minute and take all of that out of the the conversation here. Next season, what do you have to expect from Clemson? You've got Amir Sims. You've got the uh, the big power forward coming in from Dorman. Um, You've got a couple other little things, too, that, uh, you know, uh, John Newman III will be back. I don't think they lose anybody as far as seniors go. Uh, you have to correct me on that. I think they have another. What about Tevin Mack? Is he? Yeah, I think Te- he's- Te- I'm sorry. That's right. Tevin Mack, yeah. the transfer student, he will move on. So you're yeah. losing Tevin Mack, but other than that, you got everybody coming back, and then this uh, this big recruit coming in. Maybe next year is the year that Clemson can take some steps forward, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think the I think the Clemson athletic department will keep him, and that. But next year, I honestly think that. That team with that many players coming back that know the Clemson system, they better have their stuff together or Brad Brownell is going to be back at UNC Greensboro. Well, last thing, I'm glad they got that monkey off of their back 59 years in Chapel Hill, buddy. Yeah, I'm that, so glad that's over with. I, and I agree with you on that. That's, that's just a weird streak. They took better teams up to North Carolina. The team that went like 5-20 and 20 and, or, or whatever, the, the won five games, like – Clemson went up there and lost. They had a better team. That was one of Oliver Purnell's better teams, if I remember correctly. I think that team went to like the semifinals of the ACC tournament and lost 
made the NCAA tournament that they go up there, and it's just a hex. I mean, it, it really, really is. I don't know how, how to explain it other than that. Some of Rick Barnes' teams that went up there were really good as well. But they always remember the Rick Barnes team would always get fouled out. The referees took over a lot of games in Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that's when you go anywhere. I think Clemson's gotten screwed over more at Duke, I, in my opinion, with the referees. I I think that, that yeah, it's bad what happened with North Carolina a good bit, but it seems like the, the, the Duke always gets every call. Hey, good show, Rob. Keep it up, buddy. Appreciate it, man. You have a great day. We'll get back to you, man. All right. I appreciate him calling in today. And, of course, we'll take a quick break and we come back. Some comments from Coach Mark Kingston. His uh, Gamecocks did not uh, have the weekend they wanted. But some uh, comments from the coach of the South Carolina baseball team. When we come back, you're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Final segment of the rundown this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. My name is Rob Sanders. Follow me on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. Some comments from the head coach of the uh, South Carolina baseball team. Not what you want if you're a Gamecock fan trying to turn over a new leaf. Gamecocks lose to Northwestern, lose a series, drop two extra inning games there to the Wildcats. Some comments from Coach Kingston. Wish we would have won. Some things that went on in that game that would have caused us to win and some self-inflicted wounds late that caused us to lose. So uh, it's a new team that is learning, uh, you know, that Friday night and tonight, close games need to be won, and there's certain things that need to be done to win these games, and we'll learn them uh, as we go. You want to win when you learn these lessons, um, but I hope this one stings for them. And, uh, they're a captive audience as we continue to teach them how to win. How concerned are you about the bullpen at this point? Well, you got to throw strikes. It's a carbon copy again. We gave them, we, we gave them those runs on Friday night because we walked them, and we gave them that rally today because we walked them. So that's not acceptable. So you spent a little bit more time with the team in the, by the dugout after the game. What was your message to them, and how do you feel like it was received? Is received fine. They they know that we're not going to panic. They know that we're not going to stray from what wins and loses. So I just reminded them what wins games, and I reminded them why we lost today. It's as simple as that. Offensively, how do you feel about your team through seven games? Uh, I want to be better. Uh, and I think we will be better. Um, guys just missed too many fastballs today, in, in my opinion. Uh, a guy they threw had pretty good stuff and, and good feel and mixed his pitches and was up to 93. But I, I just think that we're a team that, that should hit the fastball better than we did when we had the opportunities, and, and we will. Uh, what did Brandon kind of show you today in his six innings? Well, he showed me he's one of our best guys, again. Uh, Two earned runs in six innings, we'll take that. Every time we'll take that. Nine strikeouts, three walks. Um, we'll take that every time. Tom. Two things. What was the explanation on the double play where the run counted there? And then in the 10th inning, was there any debate on whether or not to go away from Graham once he walked a few guys to start? Yeah. Well, again, you know, on that appeal play, it was too late in the play. We had already gotten the third out, and they said it was not an appealable play at that point. Um, and then, you know, Graham's one of the guys we need to be good for us, and he was throwing 96 miles an hour, and he just needs to stay in the strike zone. So we're going to continue to stick with him, um, but he just needs to make sure when he's in there he's throwing strikes. Uh, there's not a lack of confidence in him. It's just it's he and we know he's got to throw strikes. You, you mentioned that uh, team's young and, and has to kind of learn how to win. Is, is that – what, what, how do you convey that message to them? Are there some things that you pointed out, or is it just going through through the experience? Both. Both. I mean, you need to point out the things in that game that, that should have been handled differently or, or approached differently, uh, and we'll review that on film with the guys. Um, but it's also just a matter of getting a feel for what does it feel like in the 10th inning of a tie ball game. And you can't mimic that in practice. And uh, so it's a combination of the two. Did, did you point out some of those things already to them or seeing it fulfilled? Both. Both. 
Uh, first of all, is Noah okay? And and what do you think about the way he's handling the bat right now with that big home run today? Yeah, Noah's Noah's fine. Just he, he turned the ankle a little bit there, but once he walked it off, he was fine. And he's swinging the bat pretty well today. Had the big three run homer. Um, that was the only time he was on base today. But he's Noah's at least of our issues right now. He's he's playing really well right now for us. So after Jordan was pitching, um, what did you think of the way your relievers pitched today? Well, Cam, uh, you know, I wish Cam would have done a little bit better. Um, Daniel Lloyd was tremendous, and Daniel Lloyd's outing was almost identical to the other night. And we learned our lesson the first time not to put him out there for that third inning and uh, just need Graham, as I've already mentioned, uh, to just come in there and trust his stuff and throw strikes. Are the strikeout totals a little high for you offensively right now? Well, we're averaging, I think, seven a game. Today was, was a little higher than it needed to be. What we have, uh, 12, but we've been averaging six or seven. So, no, that's not an issue right now. Um, it's, it's much lower than it was last year. So that's not an issue. It's just a matter of squaring the ball up and, and uh, taking really good at-bats when we get the chance to, uh, with guys in scoring position. Coach Mark Kingston from uh, South Carolina as they uh, – Drop two of three to Northwestern. Kind of a kind of a weird series. Northwestern doesn't play their first home game until I think uh, the middle of March. Just a completely different animal when you have a uh, the weather kind of killing your uh, preparation time. By the way, we will have the next Clemson baseball game on tomorrow as the Tigers welcome in East Tennessee State. First pitch is at four o'clock. Abbreviated version of the rundown tomorrow as that will. Uh, We'll kick off at 3 o'clock and go till 3.30. Also, South Carolina welcomes in North Florida tomorrow. Hopefully both teams don't stub their toe. That way uh, it's it's a kind of builds the rivalry series up a little bit this weekend. Everybody loves that. Don't forget Tiger Calls tonight here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 or around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, you can check that out at 7 o'clock as uh, I think Don Munson will be doing Tiger Calls tonight with uh, with Coach Brad Brownell. All right, don't forget, check out the podcast. It'll be up here shortly. And, of course, Clemson Sports Talk making its way here as uh, I will start Clemson Sports Talk. I just got that message from Lawton Swan. But we will have a Clemson Sports Talk this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. That's up next. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.